whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here, and I feel like this morning I had to say goodbye to an old friend, by which I mean my favorite pair of pants. I don't think I realized they were my favorite pair of pants until I finally caved and threw them in the garbage this morning. They were leggings. Okay, ladies, you might understand this a little better. They were comfortable, but they were also professional. You could wear them because of the color and the fit with a nice long shirt or something and wear them or with a jacket and wear them to work. But you could, I could also wear them on a jog. They were those really versatile pants and they fit me Oh gosh, ladies over 40, you'll really get this. Um, they, they supported without, you know, being too tight. And okay, gentlemen, I know you know what I mean too, because we all have that pair of sweatpants or that favorite sweater or sweatshirt or something that just fits us so well. And um, for a period of time, it might, or even like a shirt, it might be appropriate to wear in public. And then as time goes on, it wears down and then maybe we wear it in private and then maybe nobody should ever be caught dead or alive in this thing because it is, it is so tattered. My husband has a few of those. I mean, like, I think he still might have some pants from when we first got married, like 20 years ago. <laughs> and 20-year-old pants, no. If they're not the dress pants you only wear once every three years, you probably shouldn't have them. And it's like, sometimes <laughs> this is like wardrobe wars here it seems like sometimes with my husband the holier something gets the more he has to wear it and he gets really mad if I throw it away I'm like it's the middle of winter how are you gonna wear this it's 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 ugly it doesn't actually do anything for you you have to wear three pair of pants under it and no it's my favorite and <laughs> sometimes it's like we get something new and then it gets comfortable and it goes from getting comfortable to just being tattered to just ludicrous and why is it that we hang on to the comfort of things that don't look or even really feel good I mean they don't do what they need to do they represent us wrong they look bad on us and we still hold on to the comfort of this and um, I think the word maybe that I'm using is comfort and that's true we get, we get comfortable not that I'm you know feeling like you can't have an old pair of sweatpants but I can tell you the reason I threw away my pants this morning there was a snag in it, which turned into a hole, which turned into this, like, almost like when you got, used to get a run in your pantyhose, this, like, snag just went all the way down. And I still tried to wear it with long shirts, and I felt, I realized I kept wanting to wear it to work, and it was ridiculous to have this long thing that made me look unprofessional, that, you know, you just don't go to work with, for the most part, some of you can, but most of us can't go to work with holes in our clothes. We may not have to wear you know, a three-piece suit, but there's just a certain standard of how to represent ourselves and how to wear and carry ourselves at work, and that far violated the standard, but I still wanted to wear it because, wear them because they were my comfortable wear pants, and I realized 
I shouldn't want to wear these. I should be embarrassed by these. I shouldn't. I think I haven't worn to church, though. So I might have even preached in them a couple weeks ago. And I'm going, this is ridiculous. Everybody can see this thing. I just need to go out and buy another pair of pants. They weren't that expensive. So it just got me to wonder, why is it that we just get so comfortable with things that we wear them past their usefulness to the point where sometimes they can bring harm to us, you know, it's, I'll just get gross for a second, you know, like toothbrushes. Who? Why would you use a toothbrush for two years just because you happen to like that toothbrush and then at some point it becomes harmful, you know, and other other kinds of things. I'm honestly really bad about makeup, using it way past its expiration date. And um, there are things that are meant for a season. There are things that are meant that can be healthy at one point and not so healthy at another point, you know, in college, it's healthy to spend lots of times with your friends outside of studying. In college, it's healthy to study 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week. But then when you're, when you have a family and a job and all these other things, then spending that same amount of time just hanging out with friends and studying it <laughs> or whatever, you know, all these things are that, that can throw you away from where it can become a snare. It can take you away from where your focus should be and actually in doing that it can lead you not just into looking ugly or misrepresenting but into doing very harmful things into sin and Jesus knew about this which is why he said something pretty surprising um, I'm talking about the Sermon on the Mount right at the beginning of it when he went up on the mountainside uh, Matthew 5 New Revised Standard Version is what I'm reading he started saying some surprising things he said crazy things like love your enemies um, crazy things like, uh, you know, don't even say angry words to people. That's like murder, you know. Um, called people salt and light. What on earth does that mean? I, I make that much difference. And then there was a thing about adultery. Now, adultery was supposed to be just the act, right? But he said, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, we know this extends to more than just, first of all, more than just women. I'm not off the hook if I look at another guy lustfully, you know. But it extends to more than just, well, sex. And that kind of lust, I mean, lust is passionately going after something as if it's God, as if it's that's the thing that can fulfill you. Enjoyment is fine when it fits within God's will. God gives us plenty of things to enjoy. God created enjoyment. Lust puts things out of their proper order. And so we're not merely enjoying what God has given. We become obsessed at all costs with getting it. And it begins with our thoughts. It begins with our thoughts. You know, he, this, uh, that's why if you look at a woman with lust or a man with lust, not just, she's pretty. I, I can look at a man and go, I, I don't, this is not an area that I really struggle with. I like my husband. I'm attracted to my husband. I, I don't necessarily see, I can acknowledge that somebody's attractive, but, um, but if I look at other things, I am even outside of that realm, it's still a form of adultery. If I go, man, it would be nice to have that. I just need that much money. Or man, I, I, I deserve more credit for this. 
And then I go after that in my mind. It takes my focus off the right thing. And, you know, sometimes our thoughts begin with our eyes. And this is where this next verse really makes sense. Matthew 5, 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Can you imagine sitting in the audience and not knowing what Jesus was talking about and saying, this dude is telling us to poke our eyes out. Tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. Now that word for hell, it's Gehenna. It spoke of the, um, basically the garbage dump. where all the home of all unclean things that was outside of the gates of Jerusalem. It's where, gar it's where things were burned. It's where things were discarded. And he's saying, do you want to discard your eye or do you want everything to be discarded? Um, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. Now this word for snare is actually scandaliso. You know, scandal? The word scandal comes from this word for snare, for, um, for sin. It's a snare. It's something that's set up to entice you away from a position of health and safety into a position of danger and destruction. It's, um, interestingly enough, the bait itself isn't necessarily bad. It's when the bait is lying outside of the path you're supposed to be on. Deer, animals go to a trap. It might be an apple, it might be a feed, it might be something that's very good for them, but it's in the wrong place. It's not where they're supposed to be. So when you're going against where you're supposed to be to get something that you think will cause you pleasure, that's scandaliso. Sounds about right. I mean, scandalous? Even within the church, somebody who's an attractive, pretty Christian woman, a pastor that looks good to you, another male that looks good to you, another female that looks good to you, and they seem to be very good. They're, they're maybe in themselves, especially if they're not returning this. It's not that they're bad, but when your eyes... See, the problem wasn't even with the trap itself. It was with the eyes. It was with the hands. It was the things in us that look to and reach for things that we're not supposed to have. It could be a job. It could be an ambition. It could be an utter annoyance that you can't seem to get rid of. I struggled with that only yesterday. It was just around people that, honest to goodness, just seemed super entitled. Uh, I felt like too many resources for some of the, honestly, some of the kids I was working with. I'm like, they're not doing anything. And and my focus was really on, it's a little cruddy. I'm like, I'm having, a, I was having a really hard time not judging them because they just weren't behaving and they didn't seem to be made to behave. And so like my focus, not that I can't have that opinion, but my focus was so on judgment that that steered me from the pathway of love and I have to even just now I'm like woo I'm repenting right now even as I'm thinking about it but so what does this have to do with pants I, I guess in my mind there are these things that sometimes they're good for us but as we reach new seasons in life the very things that at one point may have been healthy we focus on them in a different way. At one point in our life, it may have been okay to see one person and then after a period of time go, okay, this doesn't, 
work and see somebody else and you know obviously within a godly framework at one part in our life it may have been okay to spend a little bit more time playing video games with our friends at one point in our life it may have been okay to do certain things but as soon as you're focusing on that above I mean if God has you on one path and you're looking at another path and you're lusting after another path and you know that's outside of God's will for your life um and here's the easy way. If you already have made godly commitments that you're committed to and you've decided, never mind, I want to walk away from this. Um, I want to make walk away from this job that I've committed to a year. I want to walk away from these kids that I'm supposed to be loving through the 7th grade year or the 8th grade year. I'm going to submit to you the problem isn't with the other thing. Good, bad, anything else. Wives, husbands. Anybody, if you're looking at another person, even if that person is actively pursuing you and you're thinking about it, the problem is not with the other person. It's your eyes. Any more than the problem is not really with the snare or the trap or the apple that's in the snare or the trap. If there's someone that's coming after us, if there's something that's coming after us, cut off. Cut it off. You may enjoy having that conversation with somebody who makes you feel so good about yourself even though you've been having some arguments at home. You may enjoy just hanging out with your friends at the end of the day every single day instead of going home and helping your wife or husband with the kids. Or um, You may enjoy just doing that escapist thing that keeps you from dealing with that difficult problem. But in that comfort, there can be a danger. In that comfort could be taking you from the path. Now, I'm pretty sure that my pants would not have led me to hell. But I can tell you the idea of going so far into comfort that even when it becomes tattered and inappropriate to wear or to see or to represent, I can tell you I want to represent God well. That doesn't mean that I have to wear $1,000 suits. But if I want to represent God's well, then I'm going to look professional when I go to work. I'm going to follow the standards that were set for before I go. So it's it, even like just saying I'm going to do whatever I want to do because it makes me comfortable. I had somebody on Facebook say that. There was one of my friends did a post and said, if, you know, this whole do what makes you happy thing is toxic. You do what honors God. It's not about, and honestly, there's joy in that. Even when you don't want to do it that day, there's greater joy in living for God and others than yourself. We know that. But I had somebody say, well, that's toxic thinking. You shouldn't serve God if it doesn't make you happy. Just do what makes you happy. And I mean, of course, most of us know how absolutely insane that is. You know, who on their deathbed says, oh, if only what I, I would have trusted God less. If only I would have been more selfish. And, and let's look at you know, different sides of the country, these big cities where people live for everything for themselves, for themselves, for themselves. They're at the top of their game. They're millionaires and they're miserable and commit suicide or go to drugs. It doesn't work. It doesn't work to just do something just because it makes you comfortable. It works to live for God. Sometimes that means we have to change our pants. <laughs> I don't mean that in the daily sense. Sometimes that means we have to get rid of things that have become old friends. But really, our focus on them has taken us from greater things. That's going to be a challenge for me today.
God, what is it in my mind that is keeping me from focusing on you? Now that's an area I know I can struggle. What is it about my eyes? What am I looking at that's deterring me from the fullness of what you would have for me? I don't want a toxic me, me, me mentality. I want to serve the Lord. I want to lean into God. Sometimes that means getting that comfortable new pair of pants on. I'll grow into them. They'll grow into me. and God will meet my needs, you know. So everyone, check your wardrobe. <laughs> There's something that needs to get thrown out. Check your spiritual wardrobe. Is there some kind of thought or some sort of relationship that's causing you to move away from what God's best for you is? Lord Jesus, show us our hearts. Be glorified in our actions and thoughts and deeds and words. That's all I got today, God. <laughs> your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. Thank you.